0: And hello, everyone, and welcome to our program, The Truth Will Set You Free, Bible Prophecy Edition. I'm Big Batista, along with my co-host, Nathan Jones, and we're with Lamb, Lion, Ministry, and we thank you for being part of today's program. We want to invite you all to get your Bibles ready and uh, pen and a piece of paper to take notes as we dive in to today's amazing study that we have titled The Lost City. But before we continue, I'm going to ask my co-host, Nathan Jones, if he will open us up with a word of prayer. Lord Jesus,
1: we thank you so much for this opportunity to study your word. As we go through Ezekiel, Lord, uh, what amazing prophecies, Lord, that point to the vast fulfillment, which give us hope for the future fulfillments that are also prophesied. So, Lord, we thank you for everybody tuned in. and We pray, Lord, you'll just uh, bless this conversation so we may all grow in you. We thank you and we praise you, Lord Jesus. Amen.
0: Amen. Again, you're tuning to the Set Bible Prophecy Edition. Big Batista, Nathan Jones. Our topic is The Lost City. Hey, those of you following us on social media, we'd love for you to share this program with your friends and family and um, uh, so that they will have an opportunity to enjoy it as well. But before we continue, I'm going to welcome my co-host to the program, Nathan Jones. Nathan, good afternoon.
1: Good afternoon, sir. How are you?
0: I am doing just a fantastic, blessed, uh, uh, Nathan, with all the great things that God is doing. Every week is a wonderful, wonderful week here in South Florida. It's getting warmer outside as uh, the time has been changing and uh, just enjoying this wonderful weather, Nathan. And I'm sure it's pretty much the same in Texas where you're at.
1: Yeah, weather's good. Yeah. It's And uh, we're enjoying it here in Dallas. And uh, over the weekend, uh, just before we start our study here of Ezekiel 26, I want to say that my wife and I saw The Jesus Revolution, and got to say, it was a, a tearjerker. Uh, man, it was a great movie, and I know, uh, Vic, you are a pastor in the Calvary Chapel movement, and so you seem to have a better insight into the whole Jesus movement of the 60s. But would you say that the Jesus mov- movement of the 60s really helped spur a reinterest in Bible prophecy?
0: Nathan, I would have to say yes. Uh, In some ways, the Holy Spirit worked uh, and started somewhat of a revival uh, to move the gospel forward through Calvary Chapel as well as many other ministries. Uh, And and I definitely believe that that was uh, so because even up to now, we see what God did in the Calvary Chapel movement, which is still going on with over 2,000 churches worldwide. Uh, here in Florida alone, where I'm at, there's over 55 Calvary chapels. And wow. it's been a move all the way from the 60s to now, Nathan. So, yes, I definitely think uh, that, 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 that it was a wonderful movement. And I'm also thankful for this movie that came out because I think it also uh, is going to awaken people uh, that we need another revival, something similar to happen during our time.
1: It's interesting that as we see spiritual revivals in history, that they're often tied to. Uh, the teaching of the soon return of Jesus Christ. It's like when the Holy Spirit moves people, he awakens them to the need of understanding the end times and his soon return. So I'm hoping that as we're seeing the the Asbury revival spread across colleges and uh, movements of of the new Gen Zs, that it will also move into uh, teaching them Bible prophecy. Because, you know, brother, in the last 10, 20 years that we've been preaching this, the church has been pretty much asleep when it comes to the fulfillment of Bible prophecies that are happening all around us. But with spiritual revival, I hope that I'm praying that we'll see a new interest in the soon return of Jesus Christ, because it's a relevant message and it's a message that gives us hope. Right.
0: Nathan, I would definitely agree with you. And one of the things that I think also God used through Calvary chapels, not that they are the only church, but they have an emphasis and a focus on teaching. Through the Bible, but also teaching eschatology. And Chuck Smith, like many others, they were big on that. And uh, we saw even the young people had an interest in Bible prophecy and eschatology, things of the end times. You know, back in the '60s, '70s, it was the drug revolution, and uh, many people were dying, and some were wondering where will I go when I pass on. And when you speak to people about prophecy and their future, uh, and and their relationship in Christ, people do want to hear about it. It's just sad that. Too many churches uh, are not focusing on, uh, again, teaching that in their congregation. And I I am praying, Nathan, for a revival in that area as well.
1: You know, it's pretty insightful what you said, because they were dying from the drugs and the practices that they were doing, that they tended to think about death and what would happen afterwards. I find it that when I teach Bible prophecy, the audience tends to range 45 and older, uh, if not 55 and older. Primarily, I think, because that's when people are starting to think, huh, what's after this life? And so I'm wondering what during the tribulation time period that's coming when there's going to be so much death. I mean, half the world population is prophesied to die just in the first three and a half years. But the Bible also says it'll be the greatest soul harvest in human history. Maybe it's because and not maybe, but definitely it's because people are really contemplating the, the afterlife because there's so much death around them.
0: Well, Nathan, uh, you know, uh, it's going to be an interesting uh, scenarios that are going to be unfolding. uh, And uh, you and I are seeing a glimpse of that right now. And I think people, uh, even those that are listening to this program, they definitely need to consider, uh, you know, uh, what's coming and and the the importance of being found in Christ in a relationship with him. So I definitely agree that we need a, a fresh outpouring of the Holy Spirit now. Because a lot of these things that are beginning to unfold is Bible uh, prophecy being fulfilled right before our eyes. Whether people agree with it or not, that's what the Bible says.
1: Maybe we got to put our uh, prayers where our mouth is. Uh, Vic, what if you do pray for revivalist bread and a new outpouring of Bible prophecy? I mean, we want to get as many people saved as possible before the rapture. You know, heaven forbid they have, I mean, wonderful if they get saved after the rapture, but having to live through the horrors of the tribulation. Would, would be their worst nightmare. So, brother, would you mind throwing up a prayer for
0: that? Absolutely. Father, we do thank you for this wonderful opportunity that we get to pray, Father, and to also ask for revival, for a fresh filling of your Holy Spirit, a fresh outpouring of your Holy Spirit, especially in the area of eschatology and Bible prophecy, that you will right now baptize with your Holy Spirit any listeners that are being part of this program, whether it's now or in the future, and that you would just, uh, again, uh, create a hunger in their hearts towards prophecy and towards you so lord pour out your spirit now we pray in jesus name amen amen nathan what a wonderful way to start out the program I'm so glad the lord led you to do that because normally you and i start out with the uh, you know sharing information about the ministry and how people can uh get a hold of us and all that and all that is wonderful but we believe prayer is just as important to start out oh absolutely yeah yeah
1: i mean if folks want to get in contact with us just go to our website at christinprophecy.org that's christinprophecy.org i think it all speaks for itself if you go to our website
0: i love that nathan and uh you know this there's a lot of wonderful resources there including our past uh, programs that we have done so yes make your way over to that page But Nathan, one of the things that we get excited about is when people give us feedback regarding uh, our program, how they've been enjoying it and that they have been part of them and following us regularly. And and someone actually said, hey, are Vic and Nathan going to make it through the book of Ezekiel this year? And at least they've been listening that long. Isn't that awesome?
1: Yeah. yeah. Shout out to Gary Cox and all the good folks at uh, Brookhaven Church who tune into this podcast and uh, the folks on Pray.com. Uh, Spotify, Google Podcasts, uh, Apple Podcasts, on our own website at christinprophecy.org. Uh, we have many venues which we put out this. Uh, Harvest House, uh, the book publisher, has this podcast on their website as well. So thank you for the good folks at Harvest House. And you know, we're just trying to get the gospel out. The, uh, we here at Layman Line Ministries are excited about the soon return of Jesus Christ. And so we do so uh, by proclaiming it And the more people we can reach it and the more we can equip you to reach people for Christ, more people get saved before the rapture, uh, brother, or before death, because we could die at any moment. And uh, so that's what the Lord has put on our hearts. And that's what we're trying to achieve.
0: Oh, that is fantastic. Yeah. Keep us in prayer. Nathan, uh, speaking of that, you and I have been making our way through the book of Ezekiel. And it's been an exciting book. Uh, We're going to be tackling chapter 26. Uh, with a message that we have entitled The Lost City as we look at Chapter 26. Nathan, I don't know about you, but I remember uh, as I was growing up, always listening about uh, myths and legends of Lost City, like the city of Atlantis. I don't know if you grew up, Nathan, with some of those uh, uh, movies and things about that. And it's interesting, right? Because there's always have been myths and legends about lost city and lost treasures. Yet today we're going to be looking at the book of Ezekiel chapter 26, and we're actually going to be talking about a city that the Bible says that God says that will be lost and it will not be able to be found.
1: Yeah, it's a prophecy about the destruction of the city of Tyre. Uh, It's one of the two main cities in what today would be Lebanon, which is just north of Israel, Tyre and Sidon. They were city-states, very powerful throughout the BCs, Uh, but here the Lord, as first chapter 25, we heard the Lord make a proclamation against Edom and Moab and Ammon, which were the nations to the east of Israel, which were uh, modern-day Jordan. He also made a proclamation against the people of Gaza, which, amazing, since uh, Bush pulled, uh, uh, made the two-state solution deal with Israel, and Israel pulled out of Gaza, while the Palestinian people, it became known as the Palestine, the Arabs there, uh, that the nation of Gaza is back. And so the Lord made a a proclamation against the Gazans of that time. Well, now in chapter 26, the Lord is making a prophecy against Tyre. And you're right, brother, it's an exciting prophecy because it's a prophecy that history proves was fulfilled. Now, Ezekiel was written about 600 years BC, and we find out that the fulfillment of this prophecy of the destruction of Tyre will happen in 332 BC so it's not a future f- fulfillment but it's a historical fulfillment and it's really exciting so let's jump into it
0: oh absolutely Nathan Nathan I'm gonna pick up verses one through three and maybe you can do uh, three through seven in case anyone doesn't have a Bible absolutely all right. Ezekiel chapter 26, beginning there on verse one, it says, and it came to pass in the 11th year of the first day of the month that the word of the Lord came to me, saying, son of man, because Tyre has said against Jerusalem, aha, she is broken. Who has the gateway to the people? Now she is turned over to me. I shall be filled. She is laid waste. Verse three. Therefore, thus says the Lord, behold, I am against you, O Tyre, and will cause many nations to come up against you as the sea causes its waves to come up. In verse four, and they shall destroy the walls of
1: Tyre and break down her towers. I shall scrape her dust from her and make her like the top of a rock. It shall be a place of spreading nets in the midst of the sea, for I have spoken, says the Lord God. It shall become plunder for the nations. Also, her daughter villages, which are in the fields, shall be slain by the swords. Then they shall know that I am the Lord.
0: Ooh, Nathan, so, when we look, yeah,
1: sorry. One more. For thus says the Lord God, behold, I will bring against Tyre from the north, Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, king of kings, with horses, with chariots, and with horsemen, and an army with many people. Ooh. No. Well, well,
0: name- <laughs> yeah, <thank> you. <laughs> Well, it was such a powerful passage, Nathan, that it has many places where we can actually stop and comment on it. But what I found interesting, Nathan, probably like you probably picked up, it was the reason why uh, this this nation was going to uh, be judged. And in verse two says, because they were mocking God's people, it says they were saying against Jerusalem, aha, she is broken who was the gateway of the peoples. Now she turns over to me. And it seems, Nathan, that here there was a mocking against God's people, as many nations have tried in the past uh, uh, when something uh, goes wrong in Israel. And yet we find here that, you know, God doesn't take lightly to nations or individuals mocking his people. God's plan for Israel is still in full effect.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, Let's see here. I'm looking up in Genesis. Maybe you can remind me here where the promise made to the Jewish people. Uh, here we go. Genesis 12. And the Lord said to Abram, get out of your country from your family and from your father south to a land where I'll show you. Okay, so Abraham did that. And God makes a promise to Abraham and his descendants, which will be through Isaac and Jacob. I will make you a great nation. I will bless you and make your great name great. And you shall be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you. And I will curse him who curses you, and on you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. Now, this is a promise made to Abraham many, many years ago, but it's a promise that God has always fulfilled, and even to this day fulfilled. So, if you bless the Jewish people, the the objects of this promise, then the Lord promises a blessing. And if you curse the Jewish people, the Lord also promises a curse. And it's a promise that's that's forever. It's a forever promise. So, it's not like, well, it ended when Israel landed. So when God had to punish his people for their evil, and that's what pretty much what the book of Ezekiel is about, about how God punishing them for the evil, those nations that continue to curse God, the promise God made to bless or curse continued. And so we're seeing all these nations around Israel that were rejoicing and celebrating the destruction of Israel and then later Judah, God would punish them because they cursed Israel. Fascinating, huh?
0: Nathan, absolutely. And we see, you know, again, we're reminded that, hey, uh, when people fall or when people stumble or when a nation is being uh, corrected by God, we should never rejoice in that, but we should keep them in prayer. I I just remember, again, Nathan, what the Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter 13 in terms of what love is. And it says that love suffers long. Love is kind. Love doesn't envy. Love does not parade itself. And it is not puffed up. In other words, when we truly care, when we, when we truly love, you know, we should feel sorrow and pity when others fall. And that's really what was happening to the people of Israel. They continue to stumble into sin. They continue to uh, go against the flesh and God had to constantly correct them. Uh, but we should not rejoice. We should we should uh, understand. Well, what's what are they doing wrong that we can learn from? But instead, Tyre and these nations they were uh, mocking them, and because of that, God says, "Well, watch what is going to happen to you as well." So He begins to use this instrument of war called Nebuchadnezzar, as is, as you mentioned here in verse seven, Nathan, and that was a way that God also used to correct the enemy, but also to correct God's people.
1: Yes, absolutely. And it's fascinating what what this prophecy is because it's going to be a, a prophecy about Nebuchadnezzar destroying the nation of or excuse me the city state I should say of, of Tyre, uh, but it's also there's another uh, well I don't want to get into it too much when we get into Alexander the Great but we're going to see that this is a two part prophecy obviously Nebuchadnezzar will fulfill this prophecy and. And he's going to do a number of things here. He says in Ezekiel 26, 3, that many nations will come against Tyre. Verse 4, the walls of Tyre will be broken down. Uh, verse 4 also says dust will be scraped for, should be left like bare rock. In other words, Tyre will cease to exist as a nation. Now, it's interesting that there's two Tyres. There's one on the mainland. And then if you go out to the sea a bit, the people of Tyre had also built a secondary city, also called Tyre, on an island. And this is, the, uh, this is what the prophecy is, because we got a two-part prophecy here, is that Nebuchadnezzar will come in and destroy the mainland portion of Tyre, uh, but it won't be until 332. Well, then Alexander the Great will come in and destroy the island version of it, therefore fully fulfilling this prophecy. So I'm getting a little ahead here, but in the short time we have, I just want to make that plain here, is that this is a two-part prophecy about its destruction.
0: And Nathan, nevertheless, is super accurate when we look at history. And then when we look at these prophecies, it's mind boggling how incredible these prophecies are and how accurate they are uh, for Bible prophecy students. And Nathan, another remarkable, incredible prophecy was found in Matthew chapter 24, verses one through three. And you remember that story of the destruction of the temple, how Jesus was was predicting how that was going to occur and to the disciples, it was mind-boggling when they looked at this wonder of the world that it will actually topple over someday. But Nathan, history tells us, and prophecy tells us, that it did occur.
1: Yeah, it was fascinating. So I'm pulling up, uh, Patfield.com has an interesting article about the destruction of Tyre. Uh, first with Nebuchadnezzar. So it, let me just read a, a, a historical uh, paragraph. He says, after the destruction of Jerusalem, the carrying away of King Zedekiah into captivity, which is, what ezekiel prophesied earlier and it did happen nebuchadnezzar who's the king of babylon took all palestine and syria and the cities of the seacoast including tyre which fell after a siege of get this 13 years so in 573 bc the inhabitants of tyre then fled to the rocky island half a mile offshore and this is where the the main fortress of tyre was it was actually in the sea surrounded by the sea Says the walls on the landward side of the island were, get this, 150 feet high. The channel between Tyre and the mainland was over 20 feet deep, and they're frequently lashed by violent southwest winds. Their fortifications, they believe, would resist the strongest battering ram yet devised. The city walls stood sheer above the sea. How could any army without ships scale them? Its shore-based artillery was useless at such range. So this is where we get the the fulfillment or a partial fulfillment of this prophecy is that God's you know god looks down history so when he makes a prophecy he usually prophesies the fulfillment of it but there might be steps to reach that fulfillment well the first step of the destruction of tyre would be nebuchadnezzar in 573 bc destroying the city of tyre on the mainland but that doesn't mean that the the coat the, the city on the island is destroyed yet to fulfill this prophecy then we have to look into history and so what alexander the great did And I've got this another great article. It's it's written by worldhistory.org. And it says here that after defeating Darius III at the Battle of Isis on November of 333 BC, Alexander the Great marched his army of 40,000 into Phoenicia, where he received the capitulation of the towns of Byblos and Sidon. Tyrenian envoys met with Alexander while he was on the march, and they were going to work with him. So Alexander had this plan, right? So to get into this fortified city in the sea— he made a request that he wanted to sacrifice to his god, Hercules. He wears a Hercules worship in Tyre. Well, the Tyrenees recognized this as a Macedonian employee, employee to occupy the city, and they refused. So Alexander was incensed. So, but Alexander couldn't get to the island. So what did he do? He, he took all the, the leftover rubble from the old city of Tyre that Nebuchadnezzar destroyed, and he threw it into the sea— <laughs> And he built a causeway across the water to the island and marched across the remains of the destroyed tire to take the main city of tire and so in that process he scraped the entire city clean so that there's only dust and there's even pictures showing of of, uh, uh, seamen fishermen throwing and drying their nets and fixing the tangles out of their nets on the scraped level part of where Tyre used to be, an actual fulfillment to the T of the prophecy here we find in Ezekiel uh, 26.
0: Nathan, and that is to me just fascinating, the details of the Bible when people look historically at the event, and it's just encouraging that if that took place, and the Bible says that there's other things that are going to take place, we can bank on it, that God's word can be trusted. So if you have just tuned into our program, again, Vic and Nathan with the Truth to Satan Free Bible Prophecy Edition, uh, and we're looking at Ezekiel chapter 26 with a message titled The Lost City, referencing Tyre. Nathan, I just love those details that you just shared, uh, that reference, because as we look at the story Continuing on verse 9 through 16, this is where it starts to bring all these details together in these verses here in Ezekiel chapter 26. And that's why I want to encourage those of you that have a Bible to follow along with us as we tackle a few more verses so that you can see historically as well as prophetically that uh, the accuracy of Bible prophecy. Nathan, will you be able to take us there through 26 verses 9 through 12? and I'll cover verse, in, verse 13 through 16 in case someone doesn't have a Bible because it just I love the details that we're gonna read here.
1: Yeah, and that's why I wanted to give the history up front because a lot of the details here will be repetitive, but uh, it, it's good to read it. So uh, actually, let me move back to verse eight because I didn't think I read verse eight. He said, he will slay with the sword your daughter villages in the fields, which he did. He will heap up a siege bound against you and build a wall against you and raise a defense against you. He will direct his battering rams against your walls and with his axes he will break down your towers. Because of the abundance of his horses, their dust will cover you. Your walls will shake at the noise of the horsemen, the wagons, and the chariots. When he enters your gates, as men enter a city that has been breached. With the hooves of his horses, he will trample all your streets. He will slay your people by the sword, and your strong pillars will fall to the ground. Verse 12, they will plunder your riches and pillage your merchandise. They will break down your walls and destroy your pleasant houses. They will lay your stones, your timber, and your soil in the midst of the water.
0: Amazing. Verse 13, and I will put an end to the sound of your your songs, and the sound of your harp shall be heard no more. I will make you like the top of a rock. You shall be a place for spreading nets, and you shall never, never be rebuilt. For I, the Lord, have spoken, says the Lord. Verse 15, thus says the Lord God to Tyre. Will the coastlands not shake at the sound of your fall when the wounded cry, when the slaughter is made in the midst of you? Then all the princes of the sea will come down from their thr- their thrones, lay aside their robes and take off their embroidered garments. They will clothe themselves with trembling. They will sit on the ground, tremble every moment and be astonished at you. Nathan, just like you described to us. <laughs>
1: Uh, absolutely and and it's interesting that not only does the lord destroy them but he wants to blacken the name of tyre so as tyre insulted and made fun of the jewish people's nation being destroyed both israel and judah but then god's going to do the same thing so that all throughout history even today right now as we're speaking that tyre would be remembered kind of as a a joke for their haughtiness uh, uh, you know, when Nebuchadnezzar, excuse me, after Nebuchadnezzar, when Alexander the Great finally destroyed the the um, island version of Tyre, it says 6,000 Tyrenians were slaughtered when the city was taken. Another 2,000 crucified on the beach. Isn't that awful? A uh, Further, 30,000 Tyrenians were sold into slavery. Only those spared were the king and his family and number of Carthaginian pilgrims. The Macedonians only lost 400. <laughs> I
0: mean, it was total victory for Sander, Nathan, and that's amazing. I mean, it's just fascinating uh, as we look at this chapter. It's just one of those chapters where it's, it's it's almost unbelievable, but yet we do believe it because the Word of God says it's going to happen. And Nathan, let me just close verse 17 through 21 in case someone doesn't have a Bible. But notice he says, and they will take up a lamentation for you and say to you, how have you perished? O oh, one in, inhabited by the seafaring men, O oh, renowned city who was strong at the sea, she and her inhabitants who caused a terror to be on all the inhabitants. Now the coastline trembles on the day of your fall. Yes, the coastline by the sea uh, are troubled by your departure. Verse 19 For thus says the Lord, when I make you a desolate city like the cities that are not inhabited, When I bring you deep upon the great waters to cover you, then I will bring you down. And those who descend into the pit to the people of old, I will make you dwell in the lowest part of the earth in places desolate from antiquity with those who go down to the pit so that they may never be inhabited. Notice, and I shall establish glory in the land of the living. Verse 21, I will make you a terror and you shall be no more. Though you are sought for, you will never be found again, says the Lord God. And Nathan, that is the title, The Lost City. Would you agree?
1: (laughs) I would. And for people who would say, well, wait a minute, there's a Tyre today. How can that prophecy be true? There is a modern city of Tyre in Lebanon. It's a small town. It's not terribly big, but it's not on the ancient site. It's It's near the ancient site. It's not identical to it all. Uh, I'm reading here that archaeological photographs of the ancient sites show ruins from ancient Tyre scattered over many acres of land. So both Nebuchadnezzar and Alexander the Great not only raised the cities, but then took the material from the cities and spread it all over the place so they couldn't rebuild. And it says here that no city has ever been rebuilt over these ruins. This is a fulfillment of Bible prophecy. Isn't that amazing? So, Vic, if we know that God fulfills all his promises, Won't he fulfill his promise that if we repent and turn to him, he will forgive us of our sins and give us eternal life with him?
0: Oh, Nathan, I agree. And that is one of the most wonderful promises in God's word. According to John 3, 16, the Bible says, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him will not perish, but have eternal life. And that whoever includes you, my friends, if you don't know the Lord we encourage you to come to him now while there is still time. The Bible says that whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Wherever you are, call on the name of the Lord. And if you do trust Jesus and invite him into your heart, reach out to us. Nathan and I would love to rejoice with you to know that you have trusted in Christ. You can call up Texas at 305-992-9537. Let us know that. We'll send you a Bible study and a guide to help you grow in your relationship with Jesus. So, Nathan, those are wonderful promises. Absolutely. Absolutely. And one one real quick factoid.
1: Did you know that the island nation, the uh, island city of Tyre actually sank in the sea? It, there's not even an island to visit nowadays. Speaking about complete prophecy. So if the Lord so utterly detail wise fulfills Bible prophecy, you can trust in his
0: promises that he'll forgive you of your sins if you give your life to Jesus Christ. Amen. Praise the Lord. What a wonderful way to close this segment of the program. So again, Nathan, what a joy this uh, chapter has been. Thank you so much for sharing those wonderful commentaries for us. And thank you, Vic. God bless you all. Listen to me. This well, again, I hope you all have a wonderful week. Vic Nathan Jones, say goodbye. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May his face shine upon you. Have a wonderful week. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life.